0: From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Discerning Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Busby. I'm so excited to be here with you. So today we are going to be continuing a conversation that we began in episode 19. I had invited Liv Harrison, uh, a dear friend of mine, onto this podcast to talk about breakups, which is maybe kind of weirdly one of my favorite topics to talk about, uh, in part because I don't think it's ever talked about. And also because I think it's such a critical part of discerning marriage um, for a lot of people. And so I think that there is just a lot to be added to the conversation out there, and I'm honored to do it. So when I recorded that original episode, it was super long, way too long for one episode, so I broke it in half. And if you haven't listened to episode 19, I totally encourage you to push pause and go listen to it um, because this one picks up literally where the other one leaves off. So I hope you enjoy it. And you actually brought me right to my next topic. So thank you Great. for that segue. <laughs> it is,
0: it's why right I'm here.
1: <laughs> is when um when it's not a mutual breakup, right? So right. if it's if it's a mutual breakup, if it's a sort of thing where the two of you can kind of, you know, you're you're having ongoing conversations. You should be having ongoing conversations about how your relationship's doing, kind of ongoing DTRs, if you will. Not maybe not to find a relationship, but Uh, dive into the relationship. Okay. I made that up. Um, But having these check-ins basically. um, And if the two of you realize that, you know, it's not God's will, or one of you realizes it and you're talking about it, like it's a very healthy thing. And so you get to a point where you both decide this isn't God's will. Maybe one of you is sadder than the other, but you both have that peace and you move on. That's wonderful. That's ideal. I would love it if every relationship is like that. Um, But they're just not, they're not. And when you have one person who is over it before the other. Like one person does the breaking up, essentially. That person has already grieved a lot of the relationship while the relationship was still a thing. Does that make sense? Really? They decide. That's fascinating. Like they decide they're not feeling it they're like something weird, something's off here. If they are prudent, they consult wise counsel, not everybody, not all your family, all your friends, all your people, not on social media, but like, you know, a close friend, hopefully a spiritual director, maybe a confessor, um, someone that's like, I'm really not feeling this. Um, And you then start to grieve the relationship once you start to realize perhaps this is over. Um, But the other person, I mean, ideally the like the other person would be clued into that um, at some point, but that doesn't always happen. And so they, the breaker upper (laughs) starts grieving and the broken up with doesn't begin their grieving process until the breakup happens. So that is, I think, in a sense why there's often this huge um, cavern between the two, right? Where like, you know, the person who does the breaking up can move on faster in their life, can go and do other things or see other people or whatever faster than the other one, because a lot of that grief was done in the relationship in a sense, um, before the breakup happened. So I have this piece of advice. Um, I do, I'm, I mentioned on here before I'm a marriage and family therapist. So I do, my ideal population is people who are you know, mentally healthy, but who would just want help in their relationships. And breakups is one of those things. There aren't a lot of therapists that kind of specialize in breakup therapy, but I do. Um, And when I do work with people who are dating, obviously sometimes that ends in breakup. So I like to be able to provide that support. So I do some breakup therapy. And um, also, you know, I just have friends and stuff who've gone through breakups. Myself personally have gone through a really bad breakup. I'll talk about it at some point on here, I'm sure. Um, But learned a lot of things from it that I've incorporated into these ideas. And one of the things that I find is really helpful is essentially a fast, from the other person after the breakup is over. Now, hear me out. This is not the Catholic Church teaching that I'm telling you. This is not like something JP2 wrote about that I'm telling you, which sometimes I, a, a lot of times I do that. I'm like, JP2 said this, and I'm explaining it in like Elizabeth E's. That is not that. This is my experience in my own life, my experience in looking at other people's lives, my experience as a therapist. But I do think that it is a really good idea to have a fast when the breakup ends. So here's what I recommend. Actually, no, I'm gonna tell you a story first. I'm gonna tell you a story. It's relevant. Stick with me. Okay. When I was in college, I played intramural flag football with a lot of my girlfriends. Uh, Our team was called the Destroyers. We were amazing. We were amazing. Y'all were really y'all were a big deal. And (laughs) I didn't go to college with you. Y'all were a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We at one point one of the years won the like like at Texas A and M won the flag football championship. Okay, we were like the champions of intramural flag football for women. Yeah, so great, special. Our coach had like we had an offense and a defense. I was a a cornerback, which I didn't know what. that was before I played flag football, um, but yeah, I just it was he was intense. It was amazing, so fun, so fun. fun. Okay, um, for a portion of my time on the destroyers, I had a crush on the assistant coach. So I, while not a super naturally gifted athlete, I danced. Um, I danced a lot of competitive dancer, and some would argue there's athleticism associated. And I'll give you that, but um, I didn't do like team sports and those sorts of things, um, really. And like, so uh, I was, hand coordination. You weren't yeah, in eye hand
0: coordination, right, I right? Right, right, right.
1: Balls. There are no balls involved in any yeah, anything I did you know, like, growing up no equipment. Yeah. Right, right. The leotards. So yeah, you know, leotards. Like, sure, not the, not the same. Not the same. Balls okay. flying at your face. Okay, so yeah. I... <laughs> only on this podcast. Yes, yeah, uh, I, so oh, I it. said that differently. Anyway, <laughs> okay. um, But I was very motivated um, because I had a crush on the assistant coach. So I was going for it, and we were playing the one we were playing this team who were notorious cheaters like people knew they cheated we knew they cheated going in our coach gave us such a pep talk we were ready for it okay we were like going to be super also aggressive because they they were cheating so in flag football you know you tie these little flags around your waist and when you when the defense grabs the flag it's supposed to come off you're not supposed to have to yank really hard for it um there there's momentum they're running you grab the flag it comes off okay well these cheaters tuck, like rolled their shorts, like the hem of their shorts over the flags. Right. So when you pull, no. the, right? we knew this going in. Okay. I'm pretty sure. sure we practiced like pulling them during practice with the shorts. Okay. Our coach was, really intense. um, but I, we knew going in. So I being on the defense was very prepared for this. And I went for the, for the flag one time, wrapped my hand, like got under her, the hem of her shorts. Uh, and with my finger around the, my hand around the Whatever it's called, the flag and pulled it. Yeah, the belt. Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't like in her pants; it was like on the outside. Okay. Yeah, So I grabbed the flag, and my pinky got stuck under the hem of her shorts. This is why it's not allowed. And she kept running, and it snapped my finger. No, yes. you yes. broke your finger. Do you, finger you remember finger? this story? This is. I mean, a deal. do you know how many stories? It was like a decade ago. Were it's fine. College? So I'm not like, gonna hold it against you. Yeah,
0: we had a baby when y'all were in college, so you did have a baby. You had a baby know. while this was happening. Um, yeah, anyway, exactly.
1: <laughs> yes, okay. yes. So this is wow. bad, but I like your response because on behalf of all of the audience, you're like feeling this story. Okay, <laughs> yeah. break my finger. All right, but now I your ha- finger. Uh huh. I know. I'll put a picture of it on social media. Okay, See? so I had a. So it was like you know you have three little not joints, but like three little bones between the joints on your finger. And it was the middle one, yeah, it was like a lateral break. Okay. So it was like diagonal across yeah. the back. All right. But I had a crush on the assistant coach. So I went right back in. I was like, Oh man, like I think I jammed my finger DDD. So I was like yanking on it, which hurt worse. But I was like, I've never jammed a finger cause I don't play sports with balls. So I don't really know. So I was like, it's fine. So I went back in, but now I'm pulling, pulling flags with my left hand. I'm already not great. I don't have great coordination anyway, I right, I'm like, right. I have a, what I don't, lacked in coordination, I made up for in drive and passion. Okay. So I took my left hand, tried to pull, like, I may have been able to pull it off if the flags were on properly, but they weren't. So I throw my hand at this girl, like I, no coordination, snap the end of my finger, my middle finger off, not off, but like snap it in half. Like it broke. You broke a second The, other one, finger? the second finger, two consecutive plays. I was like, what? Two consecutive plays. Yeah, I was like, I'm, out, I'm out. You're like okay. an Olympian at this point. That's like <laughs> Thank you true athleticism. Thank you. Um, this is impressive. my one great
0: shining moment. Yeah, All right, Elizabeth, um, this is impressive, friend.
1: So the next day we go to Butyl, This is kind of this ongoing joke about Butyl at Texas m They like always assume you're pregnant, even when you're like, I'm not having sex. I'm not pregnant. Okay. They right, don't, they don't, right. you. They so don't care. They determined I wasn't pregnant. Okay. They were like, they looked at my fingers and it was very evident that the left hand, the middle finger that had snapped clean was broken. Was broken. So they x-rayed it. They're like, this is broken. Great. Um the other one, they were like, that looks like a tendon. It was the it was sitting kind of funny, but they were like, it looks like the tendon snapped. So we're going to treat it like the tendon snapped. Don't know why they didn't x-ray it. Okay, beautiful. So they (laughs) um, sent me home. they were like, come back in a week for your checkup. Okay. So once they looked at the other finger and realized like it wasn't healing very well, they went back and looked at it and they were like, I actually think that might be broken. They x-rayed it. Sure enough, it was this lateral break. But they were like, essentially in order to heal it, you would need surgery to fix it. Like you need a pin in it because of the way that the bone broke and now it's settled that way. Okay. So um I'm not gonna do that. It's cosmetic surgery. I'm like, it, now it's kind of my like battle wound look Live, Look at this finger. Oh yeah, like, look at it. It's yeah. Guys, I'll I'll put a picture up. Ew, ew. I know it's stuck that way, right? So you look at it and you're like, that was broken. And the other one though healed well. You can't really tell. I can tell a difference, but it healed really well. You the average person wouldn't look and be like, you broke that finger. Okay, guys, this, there's a lesson for you here. The finger that snapped clean off, the clean break healed well enough that you look at it now and you're like, I can't really tell that was broken. I can see it. Wow. I can look at my own finger and tell it's a little crooked. And if you were to look really hard, you'd probably be able to tell too. But as a rule, you don't look at that finger and think it was broken. But the not clean break finger, the not clean break finger is now permanently damaged, right? In part because it wasn't treated. Appropriately at the beginning, but also because it's a it's harder to treat a bone that isn't isn't broken cleanly. Guys, clean breaks in breakups are better for you. In the long, they hurt so much worse. In the picture that I will post, you guys can look at it. It that finger looks worse um, from a bruising perspective. It 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 hurts so much worse, but it heals so much better. That's interesting. Yes. And it's one of those things that if you are, if you have the courage to press into a clean break in a breakup, you have one, an easier time healing Two, hope for a potential relationship with that person, be it if y'all want to get back together romantically, or if you just want to be friends with them. Um, Often, you know, you're dating in a circle of friends. And so a breakup can rupture that circle of friends. But if you want to still be friends, the best way to actually legitimately be friends, not just like, we'll be friends. Tomorrow, like, no, not just like, you know, trying to make it work, actual, like the capacity for being around each other without pain stirring up. You need a clean break. And so, the way that I have kind of created, in a sense, to have a clean break is to do what I call a breakup fast, right? So, I say 40 days is a great time to start. Wow. The 40
0: days. Yes, the church
1: uses 40 days. So, I borrowed that that piece from her. You, I recommend 40 days. You can take that, you know, make it less or more depending on your own heart situation. But 40 days is if you don't know what to do, do 40 and like have no contact with that person. All right. Delete their number from your phone or change the name. Do something with the number from your phone so that you don't have access to it. Um, you can block them on social media. I recommend just getting off social media, those 40 days. Um, it, it can feel so unjust and so unfair. Like I'm the one broken up with, why should I have to give up all this stuff? Like, why should I have to blah, blah, blah. But um, it's so much better for you. If you can just swallow the humble pie and like be humble, unite yourself to the Lord, it's better for you because then you don't have to watch whatever they're doing with their life. And if you may, you may think that you have the strength to get on Instagram, but not look at theirs. You probably don't because it's so painful. Um, so take them off social media, tell your friends you're not, you don't want to talk about, I mean, one or two people you can talk about the breakup with, but if, some, if they're doing something in their life, if they're going out and partying like crazy, or they got to, they hooked up with someone else or they, whatever, or they miss you and they're trying to find you, just t- tell your people, you don't want to hear from them. You don't want to hear anything about them. Um, and if they try to contact you, just don't talk to them. And like, then do you not
0: respond, like if they yeah, text
1: well, you. So what I recommend is I, I yeah. recommend telling them, like if, if they try to contact you pretty quickly after the breakup, whether it be it, you know, I regret it, I shouldn't have done this, or I just want to be friends. Like, let's be friends. You want to go to the lake or whatever. Um, do just tell, essentially tell them like, you know, I'm, I'm taking some time for myself. Let's talk, you know, 40 days. It's May when we're recording this. So let's talk like, you know, beginning of July, set a date that you're going to come, you're going to have a conversation. You're going to go get coffee. You're going to chat. Um, but then, but then, yeah, if they keep talking to you, if they keep trying to reach out to you, just don't reply, just don't talk to them. Um, the re there are a number of reasons why I have this kind of structure in place. The first is there are a lot of feelings to process in a breakup, right? A lot of things. And it's very vulnerable. There's lots of big feelings. If you take those big feelings to your old significant other, it puts you in an even more vulnerable position than you were before, right? It really just—you right. were already vulnerable enough when you got broken up with. Now there's all this. You're like bleeding all over the floor, right, in front of them. Right. Um, it's not good for that you, and it's not good for them. It's just not good all around, right? Um, also, it allows for you to have some time to work through some of the like shock and the trauma of the breakup, and then come back to a clear head. Um, so when your brain, I'm not going to deeply go into this, you can Google Dan Siegel upstairs, downstairs brain, if that's something that if you're intrigued by what I'm about to say, but when your brain, when there are stress hormones being pumped through your body, you essentially lose access to the parts of your brain that can make rational decisions and think clearly. It's an evolutionary survival mechanism built into the human brain. Um, but essentially what that means for you is when you get really stressed about this breakup, you're not going to be able to think clearly, right? You're not going to be able to to be rational about it. You're going to be living out of this place of pain. Okay. And that's just not, again, that's not good for anyone for these conversations. Um, but I love the idea that at the end of this fast, you have a time where you can come back together and process because you will have a lot of questions about, you know, why the breakup happened. They may have told you, uh, or giving you an unsatisfactory answer if you didn't like what they said, but you can hear it again with clear mind without being, you know, stressed and overwhelmed and like, what is happening in my life? Um, and it gives you an opportunity when you guys, when you've had some space and time to decide what you want the relationship to look like in the future, right? If you want to talk about getting back together, that's the time for it. If you want to talk about how to be friends, that's the time for it. If you guys want to just be like, let's just go our separate ways, no hard feelings. I just have no desire to have you in my life. That's the time for it. But you've given yourself this span of time where you can have a time to just process and dive into what you are actually thinking and feeling and experiencing And not, you know, and then once that's done, you're, you know, you're not going to be totally over it probably in 40 days. You might, but probably not totally over it, but at least you're in a more clear head space. So it sounds so extreme, which is why I tell you the really extreme story of my fingers, because it's like, you could look at my bones, the way my, the language of my body and be like, yeah, that was not a clean break. And look at it. It's a mess. And that was a clean break and okay, that healed better. Um, and that I think communicates something about your heart and it is hard. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's an easy thing to do, but I think that it's very, 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 very worth it. um, and very worth your time. So if this is something that's intriguing to you, send me a DM I, I love talking about this if you haven't been able to tell and I, I know so many success stories from a clinical perspective and from a like personal perspective that are that have done this and it's been really fruitful um, I will just straight up tell you that I I went through this horrible breakup I mentioned it a couple times sometime someday I'll, someday I'll tell the story but it was like a decade ago I did not do this I did not do this I did not we did not have a big break, we did not have a time where we just intentionally didn't talk to each other, um, where we had a time to, to, you know, process and kumbaya at the end of it, we just went for it, I guess, in a sense. And there was a lot of emotion, a lot of processing that shouldn't have happened. A lot of things said that shouldn't have happened. We can never take back that really deeply hurt each other. And we may or may not have ended up screaming at each other on a street corner at Northgate when we were supposed to be at a birthday party down the street. Um bad news. So just give yourself the grace to feel all your big feelings without having to do it in front of that person. Um, Give yourself the space and the time to press into the heart of Jesus, the broken heart of Jesus on Calvary, um, and just cry all your tears out. Go through those stages of grief. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with them. They are denial, anger, anger, Bargaining, sadness, and then acceptance. But you'll bounce through those first four: the denial, anger, bargaining, and sadness, over and over and over. Ooh. I just whacked my mic with my hand. Um, and yeah, you'll just go through all those things. And so I think that it's so important to give yourself the space and time to do it. So, what are your thoughts? My really extreme idea. No, I
0: I think mm-mm. I think it makes a lot of sense. My the one question I have is: what if you have a partner who is not interested in doing that with you? What do you do then if somebody's like, "Look, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm fine. I, yep. I, I'm assuming you'd be the person that walked away to begin with." Yes. Yeah. You know, who doesn't have Not the emotion. Yeah. And they're like, "Why would I see you again in 40 days? This is ridiculous. You're being dramatic, or you know, this is too much, or it's over. Just move yeah. on, get over it. I have, yep. I have no interest in waiting and seeing what you have to say in 40 days.
1: What yep. do you do then? I'm just trying to think. Yeah. No, no. No. You're good. You're good. I mean, so I would say that. This is one of the downsides, if you will, of discerning in general is like even when you're discerning religious life, um, but more much more so when you're discerning marriage, is it's two free wills, right? Two right. people. That's right. That's exactly right. You you are essentially putting yourself at the mercy of the other person's free will. It's the same in religious life and in priesthood, like the diocese and the order is also doing a discernment. It's just a little less obvious and maybe less likely that they would end it. They they would break up with you, quote unquote, like tell you to leave or whatever. It happens and it's a real breakup. Um, But it's much more common, I think, in discerning marriage. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of the risk you take when you get into a commitment. Um, I feel like I've said this somewhere else, but uh, commitments are serious business. Every time you get in one, it either ends in a breakup or marriage, right? So they ought to be taken very seriously. Um, I would say that if the, excuse my language, if the person you're dating isn't an ass, they're going to be willing to meet up with you in 40 days. And if they're not willing to meet up with you in 40 days, I think that says a lot about them. And you can use that to grieve yourself and be like, you know what? Probably not the best thing for me to be with them. Even if I really want to, right. It's not too much to ask to give an hour, one random day in two months, even if you're dating someone else, it's not that big of a deal to have that time to like process what happened. Um, if the relationship was healthy. Now, if it wasn't healthy and it's not a good idea to meet up, then don't meet up, The the 40 days still isn't going to hurt you. You know, it's not going to make it worse. Um, and you may find at, and I've seen this before, you may find at the end of the 40 days that you don't, you don't want to, they don't want to. Um, and that's okay. Okay. That's That's fine. You don't have to, if you don't want to, but I do think there's this like, a lot of people who get broken up with are like, but am I ever going to see you again? Like, you know, I have all these questions I want to understand. And this kind of processing meeting, if you will, gives you an opportunity to know like, yes, at some point I will, but they might decide they don't want to. And then you have to grieve that too. But I, I really genuinely think that, uh, it's a charitable thing to do on the part of the person who already did the breaking, like who did the breaking up and who moved on in their life. And if you're dating someone already, again, which I have lots of opinions about that, we'll talk about it later. But if the person who did the breaking up is already dating someone 40 days later, it's pretty quick. Um, and if they're not okay with you meeting up with your ex to process the breakup, that that is a problem, right? That that jealousy is not um, that sort of jealousy is not a healthy component of a relationship. So we're diving that's we're diving into like 16 different. No, that's a very, I very um, good point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Brilliant. so if,
1: if you do the 40 day fast, if you decide you want to do a fast, you don't have to tell the person you want to meet up in 40 days, unless they just are pestering you and want to talk to you and are asking, um, then set a date on the calendar. But if they don't go out of your way to be like, and I'm giving you up for 40 days and let's chat in July. No, no, probably should have said that better. Don't go out of your way to tell them. It's only if they like are trying to talk to you, but no, in your mind, right. So, so if they broke up with you and you have no, you've had no contact since they broke up with you, just keep having no contact with them, but in your own heart, no, I can reach out in 40, you know, mid July, I can, uh, you know, open up my social media feeds back to be able to see them. I can do, you have it in your own heart that if you want to reach out in 40 days, you can, um, you know, and, and know that you'll be in from a, place of more freedom to some extent. So it can be a boundary within yourself or a boundary in the, you know, newly broken up relationship, just kind of depending on your situation. And that's why this is so it's hard to talk about in a podcast essentially because there are so many different things. Scenarios. Yeah. So I love this situations. stuff, guys. If You have a question, reach out, DM me. Um, like I said, I'm a therapist. So like, depending on where you live, that this is something I'm happy to work through with you. I have big heart for this. So anyways, th- but every situation is unique. I'm happy to help you figure out what your unique, ha- how this applies to your unique situation. I have no problem helping you with that. I would love to, I'd be honored. Um, but just as a whole, this is kind of a framework. Part of what I'm wanting to do with this little ministry is reframe breakups, right? Both one as like a share in the cross of Christ two as a, successful discernment and three, um, as a a way you can kind of have a a healthy framework for how you're going to process what just happened to me. My world fell apart. We're broken up. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It is. It's difficult because it's really hard when you, not only were you, um, this person's world, but they were your world, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it reminds oh, yeah. me a lot of, uh, Avengers. Anybody who watches yes. the Avengers <laughs> when Thanos snaps and half of the world disappears, you know, yes. and that's what happens. It's and so true. It's, it's so true. And it's really difficult to go from all cylinders mm-hmm. to nothing mm-hmm. to now this person is nothing in your life or you're nothing to them. And you were everything to each other, and now it's over. And that's very difficult to process. That's why it's grief, because how is that different than a death? I mean, they're alive, and they eat every day, and they sleep somewhere, but... You know what I mean? It's not like you get to see that you don't get to be a part of that anymore. And things you were privy to Mm -hmm. information you were able to share with, or that you got to know that nobody else got to know. And they knew about you. Yes.
1: Yes. Devastating. Honestly, I have been through an earth shattering breakup and I have been through death of people close to me. And in some ways, the pain of a breakup. Stick with me here. In some ways, the pain of yeah. a breakup is worse because they made the choice, they right? Made the choice. people that That's I love exactly who died right. would rather be here, That's but exactly the people, right. like, but you're losing this relationship, but they chose to get out of it. And there's something so... There's an, an, a level of pain. Yeah. Personal. I mean, this is something that I was going to talk in, about in another episode, but I'll give you a little teaser now. I think when you go through a breakup, similar to what you were saying, Liv, when you go through a breakup, there are four individual things you're grieving. Okay. Every time okay. a breakup happens. First is just that person, right? They're unique and unrepeatable. They have a dignity about them that, it, you know, there's no one else who is that person. Um, so you're grieving that person right in your life. The second is you're grieving having a significant other. There's something really great about being a couple and about, you know, having someone to go Go out on Friday night and talk to you before you go to bed and go to mass with and whatever, like having a boyfriend, having a girlfriend is great. People like it. I like being married. It's wonderful. So like, it's a thing that is, um, is sad to lose. Right. The third is usually uh, appropriately when you're dating someone seriously, they're your best friend. That's appropriate. Like marriage is based on you know the foundation of marriage is friendship. And um, so when you're moving, when you're discerning marriage with them, they should be your best friend. Obviously, you have, you know, I'm a woman, so I have my girl best friends that are it serve a different purpose and they're precious and close to me. But like my number one best friend is my husband, and um, you lose that when the breakup happens. So normally when you go through a break, like when you go through anything sad, you go to your best friend for it, but when you go through a breakup, you also just lost your best friend. So you, lo- you lose that piece. Now, of course, if you had inappropriate boundaries and ditched all your friends and blah, we'll talk about that in another episode. I hope you didn't do that. But if you did, now you have no friends. So please don't do that next time you have a boyfriend. But even if you didn't, even if you have your, you know, your people around you, um, it, you're still your very best. Your number one is gone. Um, and the fourth is the future, right? That you had mm-hmm. together. So you, you, when you're discerning well, you're thinking about how you could incorporate this person in your life. And now they're out of your life. You have this whole future planned. So there are all these things, these elements you're grieving. And each of those elements is going to need those stages of grief. You're going to need to process them all. Um, and what was saying, we're like, you trusted this person. They know a lot about you. Now they're walking around in the world with all this knowledge about you. I mean, again, we can talk later about emotional virtue and making sure that you're being prudent with the things you share. But you know, even when you are being prudent, there's still stuff that they have to know that they're discerning and they're out in the world with it. So there's, it's just so, it's so painful. It's so real. It hurts so bad. Um, but Jesus is there, right? Jesus is there. You are on the cross with Christ, or if you're not put yourself on the cross with Christ, he is there with you. The blood and water that flowed from his side is covering you in his mercy. And, um, there is so much hope, but yes, painful, painful. Yes. So we have talked hard. Yeah. No, it's
0: good though. I mean, it's, it, let's be honest. It can't be, this isn't Full House and we're not Danny yeah. Tanner. We can't solve this in 30 minutes, you no, know? we can't, we can't. So no. listen, DJ, minutes and DJ, counting. And, <laughs> DJ and Steve are still trying to get back together on Fuller House on the next. They really are, man. <laughs> so let's be honest, like this is a real thing. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's complicated. So it, it is, people are people, you know, people are complicated and it's not black and white. And when it comes to the heart and emotions, logic doesn't fit in very well and so it takes a long time to have i think the longest journey which i know this is not my own words but it is from the heart to the head yes. that is the longest journey ever bringing that up from the heart to the head is so difficult so because hard, guys. it is so hard and it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And I think there's a lot of people walking around with a broken pinky because <laughs> they didn't do the work. Yep. It seems easier to walk away. It seems easier to not have to deal with it, um, but it's devastating. So just validate that. And I think you have some really great advice and really great insight. And um, and I'm excited to dive into it further when we do. So thank you okay. for, for making a really difficult subject or topic um, digestible and palatable. And I think about it as, as best as you could.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad you were with me to kind of process yeah, that with me on behalf absolutely. of all of our listeners. And we will continue this discussion another time. So thanks so much, Liv. And Thank all of you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this second part of that conversation. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so helpful for us when you do that. And until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid.
0: The Discerning Marriage podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the theology of the body, visit tobinstitute.org.